Iron Show. It's not Will Gavin, it's Ollie Hunter in a seat. Will's off in Chile or somewhere, but we've still got a great show for you today. I'm joined by the Gridiron editor, Gridiron magazine editor, no less, Matt Sherry. Uh, we'll be talking the AFC All East team. We'll go through all of the news, all the usual nonsense. This is the Gridiron Show. Yes, welcome to the Gridiron Show, brought to you by Sports Travel Tours, for sports fans, by sports fans, and uh, Ollie Hunter in the studio, and I'm joined down the line in the grim up to north by Matthew Sherry. How are you, Matt? I'm very good. All the better for hearing your voice, even if you are making very average north jokes. I'm not from Yorkshire, we know how to say the word, the... Isn't it all the same? <laughs> I, I, I really didn't know this. So not everyone in t- North says... No, I so- think it's, it, that's, that's largely a, a, a Yorkshire, and I think it also splits onto a bit of Lancashire as well. Where are you from then? No one knows with that accent. I'm from the northeast of England. Northeast, But you're a Manchester United fan. That's only because my father's a Manchester United fan. How yeah. many people's dads are Man United fans? It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable but, scene. But I, the only thing I would say about this, and I've had this many times, is my dad went to home and away games in the 70s and 80s when Manchester United were not a very good team. So that's, that's my claim to it, and now I'm ensconced. As we've got season tickets in the family, we love it. So it's life, isn't it? Okay. I don't really know where you're from. We spent a week I, together in the in at the Super Bowl. And what a romantic week it was, Ali. It, uh, it really was. Uh, capped off by uh, the the whole family turning up to that lovely diner, and Will and I standing and <laughs> atop of them all, and then going, "Who are these clowns?" <laughs> um, I'm from Hartlepool, which is in the uh, middle. Of okay, I'm fine. from Jeff Sterling country, aren't I? Okay, fine. Uh, Hartlepool, your second team, at least. Oh, absolutely! Okay, fine. I cover cover their home games every every week for the press association. So. Oh, right, the nice plug there for the press association. Uh, they don't the like yeah, they, like they needed a plug. They really don't need a plug. <laughs> uh, what are you doing? Have a worry yourself. Uh, the thing you should really plug is uh, the Gridiron Magazine, um, editor in chief of, uh, in no way affiliated with the NFL uh, or NFL UK. Um, Tell me, t- it, it, the new issue is out, right? No, no, yeah. It's, it, When's it, it coming out, out then? It comes out about the 23rd of August. Um, it'll be out just in time for the new season. Um, what so, can, yeah, what can we expect? To, we can expect a lot of talk about the Los Angeles Rams in the first issue. And we're, um, we've kind of just picked out our 16 biggest storylines for 16, 16 for 16. We've ripped off ESPN. Right. And 30 for 30. Um, Why didn't you do yeah, 16 slash 17? That would have made it a bit complicated. Yeah, 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 16.5 no. storylines. Yeah, yeah. Do half a story and say that you'll re- read the next half in the next grid <laughs> Maybe we should have done that. But yeah, I, I, I would urge people to buy a subscription to the magazine now. It's um, Anybody who subscribed last year doesn't automatically renew, so we kind of 
start from scratch again every year so we we need oh, the wow. support this year as we do every year so please log on to to gridiron-magazine.com and get your subscription and we'll try not to let you down it should be value for money every month um and yeah we've got some awesome things lined up this year interviewed rob gronkowski and a few people like that so we've got some massive names and and the usual good stuff in there well talking of uh, tight ends I spoke to Lance Kendricks of uh, the LA Rams recently. Uh, you'll hear that, I think, maybe in next week's show, um, but I'll send it to you in case you need anything from it. Uh, maybe I should have told you this before, rather than doing it right yeah, now yeah, whilst we're recording. It's already designed and written now, so it's uh, like Well, it's, it's done then. Fair enough. Speaking of tight end, I, I genuinely thought something else was coming out. I wasn't expecting Lance Kendrick to be the, the follow-up to that. Well, no. I mean, it it, it was rather underwhelming. Actually, in person, <laughs> he's a he's a wonderful chap. Uh, he really is. Now, um, on Twitter, at Gridiron, uh, Nick Barwell uh, has got in touch and just says, hashtag catwatch. Uh, do you know what he's talking about here? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It was really early in the morning that he tweeted it. He, I tweet, have no idea. he tweeted this before I put out a call to arms uh, for people to get involved at hashtag TGS. Uh, obviously, Nick is a is a, a, a loyal listener, unlike yourself. Will Gavin, as you as uh, as everyone is aware, he's out in Chile. Uh, his wife is Chilean um, or half Chilean, and um, they needed someone to look after their cats. I don't uh, like okay. I don't like cats. I don't really like animals. I, I can't see. I, I can't see the point. Now, I didn't want these cats in my house, uh, basically because I thought they'd they'd mess up my sofa. You know where they clean their or scratch their claws. Um, I've yeah. got a hole in my floor which I haven't fixed yet, which I reckon they're definitely crap in. Um, so all of this, I didn't want them at my house. So Will and I live about fifteen minutes away from each other by car. I've been driving to Will's house every day uh, to look after said cats, or, well, uh, sort them out, um, feed them, stuff like that. Why you, were, you were an incredibly nice guy. Uh, Can I just say something? Yeah. This is the most one-sided friendship I've ever seen <laughs> really, with you and Will, who really basically is. doesn't do anything for anybody. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to bag the guy when he's uh, when he's not around, but yeah, you're right. Uh, he's an absolute disgrace. So... Um, I've I've been going every day. Look at his wife thinks I'm actually uh, staying there. My house is not far away. Why would I stay there anyway? So I've been going and I've been spending a bit of time with them. These cats are petrified of me for no reason. I don't know why. Uh, I'm a tiny person, um, an upside down head. There's nothing scary about me whatsoever. But uh, they keep crapping in the bath. Why do cats do that? And I have had to clear it up. I would. T- I tell you, cr- clearing up. I'd rather eat a crunchy than clear up another crap in the bath. And for people, the thing that, is, I mean, you you go to Buff and Beyond here. Why don't you let the cat crap in the bath? Leave it all in there for them to come back to. Yeah, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Well, I mean, it is given, as I've mentioned earlier, the one-sided nature of the relationship, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm, I'm badly allergic to cats, so I once stayed at their their old place and and basically just drugged up on antihistamines in a desperate attempt to get through the night. And did you? I was pissed, so... Well, it worked. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it worked. Um, shall we get to some news? Yeah, let's. Now, I think there's only one 
thing. I mean, everyone, of, of, if you listen to, and most people do, subscribe to other podcasts, uh, and please do so. Um, but, of course, to subscribe, download, and listen to ours. Um, which you will be doing, because you've just heard me say that. Anyway, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the deal has finally been done. I think it's about right for all concerned. Will Fitzpatrick... It's a one-year deal, $12 million. Will Fitzpatrick feel shortchanged, or... He tested the market and, you know, that was about as best as he was going to get. I think both, really. I think he's very short-changed based on last year and based on the other contracts given out to quarterbacks in the NFL. Having a starting quarterback who played as well as he did last year for $12 million is is actually a good deal for the Jets. I th- think he's taken that because he wants to bet on himself for next year. I think he said that himself. Um, but next year is just another year older, and even if he has another good year, that I'm still not sure it'll ever kind of extinguish the the thoughts of his early career, which were really up and down. And and yeah, I think it's it's a it's kind of a weird one, really. I think he has been shortchanged, but then nobody else was interested in him, so he had no choice, really. Yeah, he had no choice. Um, it kind of dragged. It was a little bit. I don't know. It, it, it kind of went on it went on too long it was unbecoming for all parties I think I think everybody including Jets fans just wanted to get it see it done because everyone knew actually it was going to get done yeah um, he's a nailed on starter week one isn't he uh, I, there's uh, there's Gino Gino Smith there's Christian Hackenberg those guys are backing up Fitzpatrick right yeah you'd think so I mean Hackenberg's definitely not going to start I don't think um I, I, I am interested. I mean, they obviously like Gino, and he would have been the starter last year. So it's interesting to see. But I mean, just that rapport that he built with Brandon Marshall in particular, and uh, and the rest of the receiving corps last year, Eric Decker as well. I mean, it would be a very strange move if they if they played anybody else. So I think he starts all of next season, barring maybe the last two games if they're out of the playoff race. In which case, I'm sure they'll take a a very small look at Hackenberg, but you would think he starts every game provided he's healthy next year. Why were you smiling when you were saying when they're out of the playoff race? And I wasn't smiling. You, you could not see me. You're ab- was- Mate, you're an absolute disgrace. I could hear... People can hear when someone's smiling and talking at the same time. You, honestly, uh, this Patriots bias is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mohamed Wilkerson, uh, by the way, has been placed on the PUP uh, list. I only just figured out what um, PUP means the other day. What it stands for. Yeah. Physically unable to perform. Yeah. I was like, what? To- I thought it was something to do with dogs or I, I, I it's really silly it is uh, i've only just figured it out uh Topol said that running back uh, matt forte sat out thursday's activities after taking his hamstring cornerback darrell rivas uh with a wrist didn't practice i don't think anyone's really too concerned we've got how many sundays um you keep telling us on grid at gridiron um how many sundays it is until competitive football is it is it 11 or is it nine I, it's something I think it's i think it's considerably less than 11 i is think it, it's like I think it's maybe six. Oh my Have goodness. I made that up? No, I think you're right because it's start. It's it's the first week of or the second weekend of uh, of September. Holy yeah, I mean, I, I am not moly. responsible for those every Sunday tweets. Which I think are really cool. I know they uh, are cool. I've got a feeling it's it's six. Yeah, I think it is. This is incredible. It's six weeks until proper football, four weeks until football that no one cares about, uh, but some people get involved with. Uh, yeah, amazing, <laughs> amazing. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Now, 
it seems every week someone is getting uh, banned or or knocked out of the Steelers um, the Steelers uh, training squad. He's been banned it, it, well suspended uh, for missing missing a drug test. Um, he's been suspended for four games. He's planning to appeal it. Uh, now, being a Manchester United fan, you know what it's like when one of your players misses a drug test. Is there I anything do, yeah. fishy in this? Um, I, I have no idea because I don't know the details of it. But I mean, given that he was suspended last year for having copious amounts of drugs with him at one stage, I would suggest <laughs> that yes, maybe it is suspicious. And yeah, I mean, the Le'Veon Bell thing is now it it is self harm beyond a level that I think you'll ever see because of how good he is. This is a guy who, other than Adrian Peterson, is the only guy in the league who could probably command a, a 12, 13, $14 million a year contract at running back. Yeah. And he is, he is basically smoking it up the wall instead of pissing it up the wall. <laughs> he, he, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, he is that good, but would you give him more than a one-year deal at the moment, especially bearing in mind that you see now how how multiple offences, how the NFL punish that so severely. And I'm aware this is a missed test, but there's, there was a tweet that I saw retweeted from April where it was like, oh, as if I'm taking a drug test today, that'll go well or something. Along those lines, I'm very much paraphrasing there so people yeah. can check out what it actually says themselves. But it's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, this guy is easily the most talented running back in the league. A guy who really should be a trophy boy for a position that is going out of vogue and, and demand a contract worthy of that. And he's just absolutely thrown it all away. I mean, it's just crazy. And, and obviously bad news for the Steelers as well because it was basically a write-off year for him last year with him suspended for the first few months, yeah. first few games, sorry, and then injured with that torn ACL against Cincinnati. So, yeah, frustrating for all parties and, and one that is a bit of a head-scratcher. It is an absolute head-scratcher. D'Angelo Williams, who was retained by the team uh, th- for this year, was brilliant in his absence through was, suspension yeah. and through injury. Um, is that something to do with the Steelers line is it is it the way that they coached or is it just it was a guy who was in the right place at the right time and, and and on a literal hot streak yeah I think it's a bit of right place right time I, I have a I have a theory with with all aging players in any sport Asian players it's not Asian. I said aging. Aging. But, sorry. Uh, it's uh, it, okay. It's sorry, guys. It's uh, it's Matt Sherry's accent. Carry on. That's that's fair. Um, <laughs> and, and that is, you often see at the age, um, D'Angelo. I said age, not age. There, that D'Angelo nice. Williams was last year. You sometimes just get those outlier seasons where they kind of rediscover their their best form for a year. And then sometimes it, it just kind of peters away into nothing the next season. So it'll be interesting to see how good he is again this year because you do often see those veteran guys just have amazingly good years mm. from nowhere. I mean, it is a really good line. Um, it's a much better line this year, provided Pouncey can stay healthy, which never seems to happen. They've got a couple of really good guards in there. They've obviously got a real question mark at left tackle now that, that Kelvin Beecham's gone to Jacksonville and, and I'm not sure whether that's a solid situation for them this year, the left tackle situation, because I'm not convinced by Harris. But but yes, I'm not sure it is the line. I think it's a bit of scheme when when teams are so desperate to sell out against the pass because Le'Veon Bell's injured and they had 
two or three top quality wide receivers it opens up lanes and D'Angelo Williams took advantage of that but yeah. it'll be interesting to see whether he can repeat it that was a very long answer well I, I liked it and also um, factor in Ladarius Green that's come in they lost Martavis Bryant Marquis Wheaton's going to step up I think this year um, I still think the Steelers that offence is, is still really sexy and really dangerous uh, a player who has had his suspension reduced uh, is Josh Gordon and it, a season-long 16-game uh, ban has been reduced because of an, a meeting with uh, Roger Goodell and and, and others. Um, he's he's shown a, a willingness to sort his sort himself out. Uh, he said recently in the past, "I've been a selfish player. I've I'll definitely admit that. I wanted to do things my way, but things turn around. People change. It's possible to change. It takes some learning, but eventually you get to that point, And I think I have now. He's um, due to be back uh, on condition." Week five against your New England Patriots. A, a couple of things. Do you believe him? Will it happen? And are you scared? Yeah, I, I, I'm scared mainly, not from a period's perspective, if that's what you're suggesting, but I'm scared mainly for him because I, I, it's almost forgotten now that Josh Gordon is the best young wide receiver we've ever seen, basically. I mean, you look at what he did in those those first years on a terrible team. The numbers were absolutely incredible. Was he better than Odell Beckham? Because he was very, yeah. very yeah. similar. Um, you I know, think, they both missed out on a certain amount of games, uh, and then when they came, finally came into the team, they both exploded. I mean, Eli Manning get, is not the guy that he is on two playoff runs all the time, but he's a better quarterback than was thrown to Josh Gordon at any point in Cleveland. So yeah, yeah I think he was and. The Giants, for all they haven't been as good recently, still have other players who are good players. So he Where's was the, Browns the guy. Of the Browns, yeah, exactly. He was unbelievable. So I am worried for him. I mean, I've spoken to some people, kind of in and around Gordon in the past, and it's it seems like he is one of those very. I don't know how it was. I think he's just a bit of a strange character, to be honest. That nobody can really get a handle on. I know they did. Under, um, I'm trying to think which coach it was. I think it was Trudzinski. Mm. I think they did that year under him. And I was reading an article about how much effort went into to kind of. They had a sports psychologist who worked with um, worked with the England cricket team actually, who was involved with Cleveland that year, and, and they did a lot of work with with Gordon and kind of got that brilliant year out of him. And then Cleveland, obviously, as they do every year, got rid of that staff. Um, and what has happened since has happened. I mean, the fact that he's hanging around with Johnny Manziel, who appears to be on the precipice of, well, well yeah. his life ended, basically, is a terrible sign. But apparently Manziel is also now trying to turn things around as well. So who knows? I mean, it's difficult to have too much optimism. And, and the problem is, is that he basically has to stop all of the antics for the rest of his career because the leash is is so short now, similar to what it is with Alden Smith. Uh, and do you trust that guy, that kind of guy to to not do something else in, in such a long span of time? I, I don't think I do, but I, I'd, I'd like to think that he would. For once, it's, it's some positive movement from all, all uh, stuff coming out from Roger Goodell. This this uh, suspension reduction, I, I think, is in, it, is in the best interest of the player to get him back playing football rather than another year on the sidelines where 
not even on the sidelines, another year where he could go off the rails. And very importantly, he's allowed to be in and around the team. And this is yeah. this is unusual for the NFL because normally suspended players are, no, are not allowed anywhere near the team. He's allowed to be in and around the team during uh, preseason, training camp, uh, the um, the playoff, uh, sorry, the the friendly games and the first four weeks. I think it's actually for once very very good news coming from the NFL. Yeah, and, and I mean that they've that there there appears to be some bridges built with the players' union, which needs to happen because if they don't build bridges with the players' union, they're going to have the longest lockout of all time in a few years with the with the issues as they are at the moment. I mean, I, I like to think that. I mean, obviously the Deflategate thing was handled awfully. And I like to think that as much as there's been a lot of grandstanding and posturing on the NFL side since, and they're understandably not willing to budge on their position with Brady because it would be too much of a come down from where they started. But you like to think that they've learned lessons from the way it started. And, and I think deep down, if you ask them, they probably know that they handled it appallingly at the start. Mm. And have learned from that, and as much as they're not willing to backtrack on the Brady thing, and, and it would look, it would be a terrible look for them PR wise, and we know the NFL care about that a lot more than than most. So I can understand why that they, why they haven't, but I think their subsequent actions need to be the illustration that they've learned the lesson, and and hopefully this is part of it. I mean, it may be, it may not be. We've we've thought in the past that there's breakthroughs with this kind of thing, and it's it, it then it then doesn't materialise. But like you, I'm hopeful that, that it's a sign of, of positive things in the future. A couple of big um, head coaching contract renewals have happened over the last couple of days. Mike Zimmer uh, of the Vikings, uh, it, it's unclear exactly how long his, his, he's been extended for, but it, we're talking three, four years. And uh, the oldest NFL head coach, Pete Carroll, 64 years of age, but he's uh, got an extension through till 2019. Uh, what's your take on either of those? I love them both. Two of the best coaches in the league, I think. Zimmer is Zimmer's brilliant. And, uh, and I, it's funny because everybody wanted him to become a head coach. And I'm just so pleased that he hasn't kind of let anybody down because he's been exceptional. And, and Pete Carroll is the oldest, youngest coach in the league because he still yeah. runs about like a 10-year-old and, and, and looks about 40. I Do mean, you know what? When they said he was 64... It's staggering. Yeah, I didn't really. I was thinking, okay, I'm not forty, but you know, at least ten years younger than that. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's a brilliant video of him last year on top of a locket, revving the players up after a game. He he's a great coach, Pete Carroll, and, and he's a great coach. One of the few that has managed to transcend both the college and professional ranks. Mm. I think I think the Seahawks know what they have there. And, it's one of those situations with both of those teams, actually, where you can see them two guys being the coach in five years' time because they've got young quarterbacks. Um, obviously, Wilson is, is better than Bridgewater at this point, but you, you would think that those guys would be in position for a lot longer yet. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, uh, a couple of, well, quite a few retirements over the last uh, three or four days. Super Bowl winner, Green Bay Packer legend, friend of the show, Greg Jennings, uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, offensive lineman Eugene Monroe uh, he's also retired seven years in the game he was it was fears uh, around concussion and um, head injury issues uh, Donnell Dockett of the Arizona Cardinals I think he's seventh on their all-time sack list and yep. uh, Phil Lodeholt uh, also a friend of the show uh, offensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings we're seeing a lot of players calling time on their careers 
what what do you make of any of those guys that uh, that have, have uh, retired, bowed out? Yeah, I think the most interesting is is Eugene Munro, who definitely could have got a got a got a new contract at a team to start left tackle for somebody. I think the Giants and a couple of other teams were really interested. The Seahawks had to have been interested, given they've got um, a selection of turnstiles on their offensive line. Um, but he's a really he's a really thoughtful guy. He's obviously. And I would assume post-career is going to become the guy who's advocating for the legalised, well, for them to stop testing for marijuana um, mm. because he's he's been outwards about that and and the fact that it it is helpful for players and and given the punishment these guys put the body through, I, I'm amazed that that there isn't more at the league level to address that because that is going to be a major issue I think in the next CBA as well because by that point it's probably going to be legalised in more American states it's obviously legal completely in Colorado and I think a couple of others and, and is is legal for in, in California but that's for for health purposes hmm. officially but I walked down Santa Monica Beach um, earlier this year and um the doctor's facilities <laughs> that you to um, and be tested for any ailment that you want to tell them about and not the most um, uh, uh, <laughs> just ridiculous. So it's basically legal in California as well. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that is what he'll do post-screen. I think that's something he feels passionately about. And, and obviously he thinks about the injuries and, and the concussions. So I can understand it from his point. I mean, Greg Jennings is not before time because he's just not the player he once was. Um, do you think he, Greg, do you think he went, uh, maybe he carried on for a season or two too long? Well, I think he, he, he's been terrible since he left Green Bay, hasn't he? So, I mean, you could understand him going to Miami when he did because they give him a, was it Miami or Minnesota he went to first? It was Miami. It was Minnesota or... first, and then he went down oh, to Minnesota Miami. First. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you can understand him going to Minnesota because obviously they gave him a pretty decent contract. And I think that year he was. Was it him and um, the guy from the Steelers who was now at Baltimore? Oh, uh, Mike Wallace. Yeah, him and Mike Wallace were the were the two big free agents that year, weren't they? I think wide receivers. So I think and they swapped swap the next year, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. was weird. And both were were equally as ineffective uh, for uh, for either team. It was like they swapped yeah. duds. Absolutely. So you can understand him going there. I think he had a decent first year in Minnesota, if I remember rightly. So, he did. He, I think he well, scored um, six or seven, seven or eight touchdowns, including one yeah, against he, Green he Bay. Really good, <laughs> didn't he have a good game at Wembley as well? Yeah, he had a good game at Wembley. I think he caught that 60-yard bomb, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, he from uh, it was Castle. Castle was the was the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, he, he scored against Green Bay in Minnesota. Didn't celebrate good man. Um, I'd, yeah, I think it was a year or two too long. But he's such a great talker. We could, I, you could pretty much expect him to uh, pitch up for NFL dot com or, or NFL oh, yeah. Network and, and go be plugged had, straight in. We've had him on loads of times. Met him on Radio Road this year, yeah. didn't we? He's a class guy, and I mean that's one of those retirements. A lot of talk at the minute about these younger players retiring, but Craig Jennings was desperate to play football this season when we spoke to him in February. Yeah. He, he just hasn't had any interest because he's not the player that he once was. Yeah, and the the guys coming out of out of college are so almost NFL ready that why would you overpay for a, for an old stager when you can get a new guy in on on a, on X amount of um, 
X amount of dollars for even good guys are deep in in the draft uh final bit of news before we head out and uh, speak to Denard Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars I spoke to him when they came over for the Play 60 event a couple of weeks ago um I did not mention uh, falling asleep at the wheel uh because there was a there was uh, JP Shadrick <laughs> the the Jags presser guy looming over well most people loom over me but looming over us both um the Texans versus at the at the Raiders in Mexico City, one of the destinations for the sports travel tour, uh, Gridiron Tour, uh, sold out within hours. Um, this is really, really exciting, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, the NFL will be over the moon because and, and one of the things that we've done in, in the, the upcoming issue of Gridiron is just kind of looked at the things that Roger Goodell, who's obviously just about to enjoy his 10th anniversary in the job, needs to look at next year, uh, look at in future years. And I think the international growth should be high on the list because this is going to become something that is Roger Goodell's legacy along with the tackling of of head issues. And it's a good legacy because they're going into areas where the games are selling out quickly. And you, you know as well as I do, Ollie, the passion in Mexico is, is enormous. Yeah. I mean, much bigger than... Much bigger than London. Uh, well, on Radio London, Row, we on Radio Row we met guys from Mexico. Uh, you know, there there wasn't anyone else from. I don't remember there anyone else from any other countries other than um, us. One guy from us, Germany. Us from Great Britain. Uh, one guy from Germany and a load of Mexicans. The, yeah, and the, to be fair, the one guy from Germany wasn't um, a broadcast guy, was he on Radio no, Row? No, 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 you're right. So. So yeah, I mean they, they love it, don't they? And, yeah. and there were lots as well. There were lots of Mexican companies. Um, one one had a brilliant argument with a British journalist that if we've got the audio off, we should we should definitely play at some point. Have you have you heard Shapanic versus the Mexican? Oh, that was incredible! We didn't we we played it from um from Radio Row when we when we did one of our shows down That's there. The, that was amazing. That- that was when we spent the next day trying to convince Nick Schipanek that he was about to be taken on by the cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was looking over his shoulder. He was worried. Oh, well, that, oh, I, do you know what? I'd completely forgotten about that. That's amazing. That's incredible. Uh, I'll see if... That's an English prick. Well, de- <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. But, it, yeah, amazing that, it, that uh, Mexico City sold out. I think this pretty much locks in at least one more game, maybe even two next season. And uh, we are getting closer and closer to Will Gavin's grand idea of <laughs> of more and more of a, of a whole week, a whole roster of uh, of games away um, from from the United States being played, almost like a thirty ninth game uh, Premier I, League I style. I think that is that is the long term goal. And do you know the funny part about it is? I'm fairly certain that that idea came from a commenter on the MMQB website. I always remember once there was a there was a piece about it, and this commenter came up with that idea of and and obviously there was always been talk of another regular season game that they should just have an international week, and this, I think that is what they'll do. I honestly think that will happen. I don't think there'll be a franchise in London. I think that that is how they'll do it. They'll play so many games in China, so many in Mexico, so many in Germany, Brazil. They've talked about as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you saying that Willie, Big Willie, Big Willie G, Willie Gavin, 
He's plagiarised someone else's idea. Yeah, I, of course he has. And <laughs> passing it off as his own idea. It's clapping well, isn't it? Uh, I've just got up uh, got up the article around the Raiders Texans. It's sold out in under half an hour. Yeah, that, that I mean that, that's that's insane. That's incredible. Incredible. Well, big up yourselves, uh, Mexico. You have done everyone proud. Uh, should we should we hear from Denard Robinson? Let's let's do it. Denard Robinson, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would say second or third. Definitely third. Third, yeah, yeah third. Because TJ Yeldon. Um, yeah, Chris Ivory, third on on that uh, in that uh, depth depth chart uh, of running backs in Jacksonville. I spoke to him when the guys came over, him and a load of other fellas came over from uh, from America to do the Play Sixty event in Barnes in South London. I asked him actually about how he's going to cope with uh, being with with such depth at the running back situation but uh, uh, let's start off let's uh, let's hear from Denard Robinson so I'm here with Denard Robinson of uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, or Jaguars I should probably I, I should probably say Denard how you doing uh, what's it like to be back in London it's great it's great to be back in London uh, it feel it feel like normal now I, I, when I come here it's like alright I understand it and I respect it but I still turn into a tourist when I get around you know see the red buses the red phone uh, phone booth and stuff like that I love seeing that uh, you drew, drew the short straw this time, so you won't have to come back any other times. But actually, this event uh, here in Barnes is actually it's, it's pretty cool. There are loads of kids come out, and they're really super excited to, to be here. I think actually more to get the day off school. But <laughs> Definitely, definitely. I would love to have a day off school and play football. You know, these kids, they're having fun. And uh, it's actually, it seems like they're, they're learning the football game, and they t- they take it and run it with it, you know, American football. So they actually run it with it. And, uh, and just to see the girls catch, i seen a girl catch like a 20-yard touchdown. That was cool. Cool to see her do that, and uh, I actually see a couple guys making guys miss, and I love seeing guys make make, make people miss and have fun doing it. Now I, I want to talk about the coming season. Uh, it's a bit of a three-headed monster uh, running back. TJ and uh, Chris Ivory kids come in as well. Are you relishing that challenge in practice and and every day going up against those guys? Also learning from them as well. Yeah, I definitely, definitely. I always, uh, I never compare myself to anybody else. I just always play my game. But you know, it's always cool to just be around some guys like that because they're real explosive. And you know, you can always learn from guys like that. You know, uh, TJ, he's like a real elusive, but not he don't he don't show you that he's that quick but when you get up on him he's quick as quick as I don't know what and now uh, Chris Ivory you know he got the power and he, he can make guys miss and do different things so it's always cool to just uh, you know learn from them guys and just like take take a little bit from their game so we spoke to uh, Blake Bortles quarterback your quarterback uh, at the Super Bowl he was over doing doing a few things bits and bobs uh, what a really nice guy but really relaxed as well how important is it having that kind of guy under center that you can sort of you can turn around and, and, and know that he's one, he's got one hell of an arm. But how important is it having that kind of guy under centre that you can you can trust and, and know that he's going to be doing the best he can? Uh, I mean, it's always it's always important to have a quarterback like that. I mean, he's always relaxed. He's real chill. Like when he get in the huddle, he probably crack a joke and loosen everybody up and let them know, like, let's go have fun. We've been practicing. We've been doing this in treasure preparation. So he, he's one of the quarterbacks that's, that's growing, and growing and growing. I mean, I think his rookie year, he was he was he was you could see you could see that he was a playmaker. And his now now this into his second year, he he showed that he could make the plays and make the throws and and and, and take his game above. So I think this year you're gonna see great growth from him, and I think he's gonna show you the the, the real leadership that he has in his character. Um, we spoke last last time you you guys were here. Actually, incredible win. Yeah. Uh, love that, and the the, the the crowd in Wembley went. 
crazy. Um, uh, we spoke to Alan Robinson uh, in, in the locker room. Alan Hearns caught the, the touchdown pass. I spoke to Alan Hearns at the Super Bowl. Who's your favourite Alan? <laughs> Both of them. Alan. Oh, come Alan. on. Alan. Just Alan. Alan. Alan, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> you can't go with Alan. Uh, do you find that <laughs> you, you, you can't? Do you find that they're, they're similar characters uh, off the field? Because on on it, you know, they, they both make plays. Yes, uh, both of them have both of them have great personalities. We've just been around them. You you always have laughter and always have jokes, and you know, so they always upbeat and always having fun and and always working. They always going hard and competing, you know. So that's always good. And uh, I want to talk about uh, about uh, the defense. There needs to be a bit of improvement from 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 defense to help you guys uh, at least make it to to you know a five hundred record. I think I think you can make it to, to over five hundred and hopefully make those players. Is that the goal this season? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. We want to be over five hundred, definitely, and that's. And that's, that's that's it. Everybody go. That's, I know that's our goal, and uh, I think we could do that. I think you know the defense. We we grow as a defense, and I think we're growing together. And uh, we're going we're going to be a tough team to beat this year. I think I think we're, we're, we're we got the we got the veterans on the team that let the, the you know the the rookies become better, and so we're going to teach them the ropes, and, and we're going to actually grow as a team. I think this year we're going to take those steps that we need to take. And finally. You've got the Colts on uh, Sunday, October the 2nd uh, at Wembley Stadium. It's a divisional game. You're facing the most expensive uh, quarterback or NFL player ever. How much more... It's not, I suppose, it's always motivation to win, but how important is it to, to build on that win last year and, and do it again for your growing fan base here in the UK? Uh, it's important because uh, you, we want to own the AFC South and that's our, that's our goal. That's what we want to do. And uh, we don't shy away from doing that. And we, we don't shy away from saying that. So uh, when we come play in this coach, we got to be ready and we got to be focused and we got to come out here and show the fans that we, we're not nobody to play with and they got to be room for the right team. Brilliant. Thank you very much, yeah, sir. Thank you. Denard Robinson there, and of course, whenever you speak to any uh, Jacksonville Jaguar, you have to ask them who their favourite Allen is. I want to ask you, Matthew Sherry, editor of Gridiron Magazine, at gridiron-magazine.com, who's your favourite Allen, Allen Hearns or Allen Robinson? Definitely Allen Robinson. Yes, good answer. Although we do yeah. love Allen Hearns. Uh, Allen Hearns came on the show. Allen Hearns was great, wasn't he, yeah. in, in, on Super Bowl weeks. So I feel bad for that, but... Um, I think Alan Robson's amazing. Next day is Brian. I think he's super. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Okay, let's move on then. Uh, you're a New England Patriot fan. No no arguments about that. You you, you don't hide it. Uh, sometimes you're biased. Most often, actually, especially when you're editing the magazine, you're not biased uh, to this fact. So uh, we do rag you at... Uh, Despite being accused of it on a virtually daily basis. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, when it comes to Manchester United, you are incredibly biased. But, but, but with the Patriots... Well, also, also not remotely biased when it comes to Manchester United. Mate, you, are, you really are. Uh, but... Uh, when it comes to the Patriots, you're not. So I wonder how many Patriots make it into our all-AFC East team. Now, the reason why we're doing this this particular one is because you're here, although I reckon you'd you'd uh, work on any other one. Uh, but also, Will Gavin hates the Patriots and didn't want to talk about it. So, you know, we had to do it with you. Uh, where would you like to start, Matthew Sherry? Defence? Offence? Where Where would you like to start? I'm going to leave it up to you while you're in charge. Well, what I would say on the on the bias thing, I'm going to respond to this. <laughs> oh, you've, I poked the bear, I dangled the rod out there, and you've you've bitten, you've bitten on... The, on the, oh, incredible. It's not that I'm biased to either of them. 
It's the fact that Will Gavin and Simon Clancy <laughs> hate both Manchester United and the Patriots more than people could hate teams. Like they're they're the anti bias against the teams I happen to support, I would suggest. And and Simon in particular to <laughs> a staggering level. I mean amazing for a fellow that uh, works at the BBC where you're not meant to be biased at all. If he worked at Talk yeah. Sport then it then fair enough. You could be as biased as you like. Uh yeah. Okay, I mean, you didn't do a great job of uh, defending yourself, but uh, you did it nonetheless. Let's start with the offensive line. Now, um, it's a real minutiae of uh, of looking at NFL, all AFC teams or NFL teams. It really is going deep when you con- concern yourself with the offensive line. I've had a look at this, and there are, there are standouts. I think it's 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 quite... It's it's not the strongest of of all of the uh, the positions uh, that we're going to talk about in the next five or ten minutes, but I think you've got to start with let me see Ryan Clady uh, at left tackle. Yeah, do you agree? No, I don't. Oh come on! Why? Who? Do you, he's lit- he's literally third on my list. Bra- oh, Cordy Glenn is top, of course. Cordy Glenn or or Nate Solder, who obviously it's and not- that isn't. That isn't a period thing. He he, no, he was one of the better player. left tackles in the league and, and just got injured for the majority of last season. So I think it's a coin flip out of those two. I, I wouldn't have Clady anywhere near it because he's never fit. Okay, fine. Um, okay, well, let's let's pencil both in for now, and if there's a gap, we can we can shoehorn them in elsewhere. That's that's how it's gone basically. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, left guard. Uh, incognito he had a great season he was outstanding year. wasn't he absolutely outstanding yeah. uh, centre uh, Mike Pouncey another one who has injury problems but he's easily the best centre in the division not when Eric he's Wood healthy. Eric no, Wood was I, really good last year and if you've got I, if you've got the left tackle left guard and the centre that's pretty strong from, from the Bills yeah it is but I'm, I'm, I'm also I'm, I really like Pouncey alright look I'm going to give you Pouncey uh, and I've given you Solder Remember this. Uh, right tackle, right guard. Well, right tackle is, is a funny one because Sebastian Volmer, who has been the best right tackle in football for the last five or six years, had a really bad season last year, but he played left tackle most of the year. Mm. So his games on the right side were, were not Volmer-level games, but he was still pretty solid. So it's a bad right tackle division, but I think... I mean, if Volmer is the Volmer two years ago, he's probably the best right tackle in football. So I think you have to go Volmer. And I've gone for Jets guard, James Carpenter at right guard. He's a left guard, yeah. but I think we could flip him over to the right side. Uh, the guards in this division are dreadful. I mean, the periods as best is Josh Klein, and then they've got a lot of young guys. Um, and it's just not a good situation in any of the... In any of the teams in the league, I think the the, the Dolphins' is right guard is Billy Turner, who is one of the worst players in the league. So, <laughs> yeah, um, Brian Winters yeah, is, uh, is yeah is 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 on the Jets side. Um, Jordan uh, John Miller uh, is Bills. I think yeah, I think we've done it in previous incarnations of of these all AFC or NFC teams um, or, or divisional teams. Let's do that. Let's let's shift them across. Yeah, so we're going for James Carpenter at right guard. Now, when it comes to wide receiver, we'll do right wide receiver next. I, I think it's we, we we pick three, and I think it's pretty obvious which the three are, right? 
I've got four who are really close. I've got, for me, slot receivers, it's either Julian Edelman or, or Jarvis Landry, and I think it's a coin flip between the two. It's just whichever you prefer. I think... I've gone both. Longevity. Yeah, I mean, you can have both. I think Brandon Marshall's the obvious outside guy, but then yeah. it's between... You can either switch Landry and put him outside, or you can have Sammy Watkins as your other outside guy. So, I think there's four guys vying for three places there, and it's... I would go Edelman in the slot and then Marshall and Watkins outside personally, simply because I think Watkins was awesome last year and, mm. and Landry, as much as the movement around a lot, is primarily a, a possession guy in, in the slot. So, so yeah, I mean, it's it's largely whatever you like there. But I, I think you have to go for Edelman simply because of the longevity of being good. He's had two or three fantastic seasons now and the fact that he's performed in crunch time he, he was he was brilliant in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago OK um, I agree with you I think in, Julian Incredleman of which I haven't had an apology from Will Gavin yet uh, around I don't really know why he's apologising I've forgotten but don't tell him that um, I think it's because I think he was bri- I thought he was brilliant and he ridiculed me when I drafted him in a fantasy draft to w- where he thought too high but in the end it, it works out because of course he he is an incredible player um this is something obviously tight end is 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 obvious it tight end yeah rob gronkowski and if you're going to tight end set you go for uh, martellus bennett as well yeah i want your thought on this do you think we'll see one tight end and rob gronkowski as as a wide receiver for the new england patriots this year no, I just think they'll. Well, you will do, but I mean, I think they'll. I think on most of their snaps this year, they'll come out in twelve personnel, which is two tight ends, two wide receivers. Now, you know, there's can, only eleven guys allowed on the field, right? I, I do, but it's called twelve personnel. Okay, fine, that's thank the, you. Thank that, you. That's the name of the formation. Um, <laughs> no thanks, mate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the two tight ends will be on the line, I think, and then it'll basically be. <laughs> Then the call will come in and the formation will change and you'll see Martellus Bennett and Gronkowski split out wide at times. Mm. You'll see them pass from that formation and you'll see them run from that formation. So, yeah, I mean, I think they'll both be on the field a lot together and the Patriots will mix and match how they do that, but it'll largely from be from a base of, of 12 personnel. Is that the same sort of um, system that they played when they had uh, Aaron Hernandez? Yeah, it is, and they did it a lot. I mean... See, I think the offense could be better with Bennett and Gronkowski because Hernandez was basically a wide receiver playing tight end because he yeah. wasn't a very good blocker. Whereas Bennett is a fantastic blocker, yeah, very good in the passing game. So, yeah, I think the offense will be that again, but I think it has the potential to be a lot better. And also, the other weapons outside of the two tight ends on the periods now are, are a lot better than they were in that kind of 2011 glory run to the Super Bowl. Running back, we're going to pick two. Because uh, one will get injured, or you know, we don't want to. We don't want our running back to be a, a three-down back throughout the entirety of the game. So your two running backs, who have you got? Um, it's this is. I think this is the toughest position. Um, I would probably go for Matt Forte mm. and Dion Lewis. Now I thought about Arian Foster, but I mean he's coming off two major injuries now and has barely played in between. Actually, I wanted to ask you about Arian Foster. They've got him cheap, haven't they? At one point yeah, five million for, for one year. But, but the injury that he's coming back from is the most difficult to come back from. Yeah, it's it's the worst injury that you can have. So, 
and also he was injured before the year last year came back and then got injured again so I don't think that's really a good sign either I mean Dion Lewis is another guy who's injury prone but he was just so good for those first seven weeks of last yeah, season he really was he was insanely good like I mean, I think as Pro Football Focus do this thing called an elusive rating, which kind of judges your your um, how many missed tackles you force mm. and how elusive you are, basically. And he basically just broke the scale compared to anything else they've ever seen. So he was awesome last year, so I would definitely have him in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not like there's one guy who you point to as, as a definite. I think you could choose between Foster, Forte, Lewis... And even, I mean, LaShawn McCoy was, was really poor again last year, and, and that's two back-to-back bad years for him, so I don't think you'd put him in. But um, the other Bills running back who's suspended is Carlos Williams. Um, yeah. He was a rookie last year and looked really good when he was on the field, so he's another guy who's in the mix. JJ was really good down the stretch last year as well, so I think it's wide open, but I would probably go with... Um, with Lewis and Forte. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I'm toying with McCoy, but I'm still remembering when I first really got into football four or five years ago, and he was so great to watch. He was awesome, wasn't what he? What a wonderful He's a runner. He's like Lewis, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he, ha- you're right, he hasn't been uh, that player, and I don't think in this all-AFC East team that we can pick players on, on past glories. Uh, I, there's only one choice for fullback, and that's Glenn Gronkowski of uh, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> uh, brother of uh, of Rob. Uh, he's um, he's a rookie, but we're getting him in, yeah. shoehorning him in. Just yeah, we, we, yeah, we 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 want the Gronk brothers. Yeah, we in. want the we want the Gronk brothers in. Uh, obviously, our quarterback is Tom Brady. He's not going to be there for the first four weeks. So, who are you picking uh, for those four first four weeks? Tannehill, Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod yeah, I think he's quality. Not, I think he's the most underrated quarterback in football at the moment. I mean, he's the most underpaid, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, big time. But he's also hugely underrated. I keep reading about how the Bills need to find a quarterback. They don't. They found one last season. They need a defence that performs to both its talent level and the talent of its head coach slash de facto defensive coordinator because that was what cost them last season. Mm. Tyra Taylor was excellent in his first year's term. Do you think Tyra Taylor's going to see out the year as the Bills' number one? EJ Manuel, Cardell Jones are behind him. Uh, yeah, I mean Cardell Jones is is, I mean has got some physical skills, but he's I mean he's not he's not even close to being an NFL quarterback at the moment, and he's developmental and he could be in three years maybe. But and EJ Manuel's crap. So so yeah, okay, fine. No, no, I'm just asking. Hey, that's why I'm here. I'm asking the question. Uh, Absolutely. Def- defensive line. Now, you're you're more knowledgeable than I are we going to go for a 3-4 or 4-3 what is the tendency or the split um, in uh, in this division um, I, I would actually go for a 3-4 simply because of of the players that we've got available um, yeah I would definitely go 3-4 actually ok so uh, in our 3-4 I mean it's 4 from or 5 We've got to get down to three, right? I've got Wake, Sue, there's Mario Williams, there's Mohamed Wilkinson, there's Sheldon Richardson, and there's Marcel Darius. Have I missed someone else from the Patriots that I shouldn't have done? 
No, no, I mean, they've got a young guy called Malcolm Brown who's going to be really good and, and was in his rookie year at the second half of the season, but he's not close to these guys yet. Um, I, I think your two certainties are Darius and Sue. Mm. And then I think you're picking between Leonard Williams, Sheldon Richardson and Mohamed Wilkerson for the other position on oh, the... On Leonard the, Williams, I forgot about Leonard. Um I would go for I would go for Mohamed Wilkerson out of those three. I think he's the best player of those three. I think Sheldon Richardson's more explosive, but I think down to down consistency, I'd go for Wilkerson. So my three on the defensive line yep. would be Sue, Darius, Wilkerson. I like that. Do you think that the defensive line and maybe even the running back? And this is just off the top of your head, and I'm throwing it this this at you, and it's it's rather mean of me. Are they the most competitive in the whole of the league? So that um, that that that, that uh, running back situation where you've got all of those weapons um, across the division and the, the the defensive line and the amount of players, quality players. Chris Long has come in from from LA to uh, to back up at, uh, at New England as well. It is it's loaded, isn't it? It is. I mean, for different reasons. I think running back is loaded with. Very good players. I, I think Dion Lewis has the chance to be one of the absolute stars, so I'll, I'll put him in a different category. But I think the running backs is good players, and it's like choosing your favourite good player rather than there being five elite players. Yeah. The defensive tackle situation is just elite players. And, and, I mean, three of them are on the same team in the Jets. And then, obviously, you've got Darius and Sue as well. I think those five guys are, are, are elite-level players in the NFL. So mm. I'd be amazed if there wasn't. And that's why I've said 3 four, so you can get three of them in. You'd, you'd have had to basically play Sheldon Richardson as a as a defensive end in a 4-3, alternatively, which he sometimes does for the Jets. But, but yeah, I think I think it's really strong. Um, and we've got that. Adults, the one thing that the 3-4 allows us to do is pick both. Cameron Wake and Jerry Hughes, who were the best two edge rushers in the division as our outside linebackers, which well, is always... nice little segue. I like that. So who are the inside linebackers? Jamie Collins? Uh, and Dante Hightower. Yeah, I, I mean, those are the guys that I've picked. Um, I really like both of those guys. Jamie Collins, I think. Is he an underrated player? Do people underrate him? Or do they give him the pops that he, that he deserves? Because I think he's, I, I think I, he's I brilliant. Think... I think Hightower was the underrated player because I think Hightower was better than Collins and nobody ever mentions Hightower. Um, All right, sorry, mate. But, I mean, he's brilliant. Collins is just one of those players who's so much fun to watch because he's so yeah. athletic. He can do everything. Um, he's not as consistent as Hightower is. He's one of those who'll flash on the screen. Um, however, after the first two drives, he was unbelievably good in the AFC Championship game. I know that... you. New England lost that game against Denver, but uh, and I'm not like this isn't the I was there situation, but I did see him live and he was awesome in that game. He was absolutely all over the field. And Hightower was really good last year, despite the fact that he was playing on a sprained knee for the majority of the season. So mm. I don't think it's close in terms of linebackers in this in this division. I think they're the best two by a mile, and I think the two are the best linebackers in football. So so yeah, I think those were fairly straightforward. Cornerback. Uh, Darrell Revis, yep. and then one of, one of the two Buffalo cornerbacks. Who's, yeah, uh, you're right. Robbie and Stefan Gilmore. I mean, you, you could pick three cornerbacks, really, and, and stick one in the slot. But What about Malcolm Butler? Or is he a yeah, safety? He, nah, Malcolm Butler's 
definitely in the mix. But I mean, you love Malcolm uh, Butler. I do love Malcolm Butler, and not just because of that player, because he, for somebody who has had so little experience, he is so far ahead of where he should be as a player, and was really, really good last year, thrust into a, a starting role, having never started an NFL game before in his life. Mm. Um, so he, he, I think next year there's a good chance he's on the list, but Derby was sensational as a rookie, and Stefan Gilmore has been one of the better cornerbacks in the league for a few years now. So I would probably go for Gilmore just because of the the several years of sample size. Um, Compared so, yeah, to Ronald but, Darby's one year, yeah, I think you, yeah. I think you're right. But it could be if we do this again next season that those two will swap places. Yeah, and it could be that Revis, if 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 the thumb injury wasn't the re- reason we didn't see the usual Darrell Revis last year, it could be that that it's um, it's Derby and it's Butler next year. So I think I think that and Logan Ryan's another good cornerback at the Patriots. I think there's a lot of good young cornerbacks in in this division so it'll be really interesting to revisit it next year I think the safety and free safety um, positions are also very very strong Patrick Chung I've always liked from the New England Patriots uh, who else speaks from one of those modern hybrid linebacker safety types exactly um, exactly and, that, that we and he's, he was brilliant last year he was really yeah. really good last year I would I have my two safeties and I'm pretty set on them, but Chum is the guy who would be just behind them. So, let me see if I can guess who your two safeties are. Are we talking... Oh, man, I don't know. Is it uh, Calvin Pryor and Devin McCourty? Devin McCourty's one and Rashad Jones from the Dolphins. Rashad Jones. I was toying with that guy. I wasn't toying with that guy. I mean, telling (laughs) you uh, uh, that that would be the, the fella... Okay, Cal- um, Calvin Pryor was. I mean, it was so obvious that Calvin Pryor was going to be better last year because he is so perfect for that Todd Bowles scheme. But he had a good year last year, and so did um, Marcus Gilchrist, the other safety for the Jets. Mm. So those guys are in the mix as well. It's a really, as you say, it's a really strong position in this division. But Corey Devin Graham McCarty- as well at free safety. I think Corey yeah. Graham is is just behind McCourty, but McCourty has had. Uh, years and years of experience and playing at the highest level as well yeah and the the funny part is that he got a big contract last year from the Patriots but because they've got um, because they've got Chung and they've also got the guy whose name has just completely left my head from Rutgers who the draft Deron Harmon yeah they, they like to use Harmon as the deep safety and they've got Chung to play slot so McCarty ended up playing slot corner a fair bit last year on tight end, so he didn't have as good a year. He's definitely their best deep safety, but because he's so versatile, it almost works against him. You know how Belichick loves to loves to move these guys around. So last year wasn't actually his best year, except for when he played true safety, when he was excellent again. And and yeah, he is he is one of the better safeties in in the league. Um, and so is Rashad Jones. So they will be my two. But I think, as you've said, it's a it's a pretty competitive group in this in this division. Yeah, indeed. Well, I think that's it. I think we've got it. I like that. I like that. The, the, the other thing that we've got, by the way, yeah. if we did play a four three, we could put Chung in as the third linebacker, which is what I was going to suggest if we did do a four three, because that's effectively where he plays anyway. Yeah. And we could then you'd have to get rid of Jerry Hughes, but you could have Wake. And you'd have to swap Sheldon Richardson for Wilkerson because he can play as an edge defender in a four-three. So what you're saying just, is what you're I'm saying is you what you're saying is we pick all of them and then we 
play both systems throughout the game. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We want game versatility. So we I'm can, loving uh, that. We can, I'm, uh, I'm absolutely loving that. It's going to be a nightmare for people who collect collate all of these things. Uh, on, <laughs> uh, we'll go to, go through a few Twitter questions. Um, which QB not named Garoppolo backs up Brady in your AFC East team? Well, Tyrod Taylor, as chosen by uh, Matthew, Matthew Sherry. That was from BP on Twitter. Uh, Neil Dutton, what would you? What would be your anti AFC East team? Now we don't want to go through it all, um, but he goes Gino or EJ Manuel at QB. What would be the worst option out of those? Uh, I think EJ Manuel because he's just so. He's so unspectacular. <laughs> that, you're so right. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's so unspectacular. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and he's never had a game with a perfect passer rating, which Gino has had. In what what might turn out to be his last ever NFL start, which for that reason alone we should be rallying against Gino Smith ever playing again. Tom Tom Knight on Twitter, who's a big Jets fan, uh, how, he says, yeah, this is the one I wanted. Read the uh, AFC East, all East team. How many of my Jets make it? Mo, Shells, Revis, Marshall, Forte? I think they all made it, didn't they? Pretty Forte much. did. No, uh, Richardson never. No, Richard. Yeah, but we're, we're taking them along when we do our, our well, scheme well, if, versatility. But if it's a 4-3, then Wilkerson doesn't make it. So one of them has to go, is the sad truth. And that's because... I, I, I mean, this is the other thing, and you mentioned that, that group. I'm trying to think of a division in, in, in the league where Sheldon Richardson wouldn't be in there. Yeah. I just can't think of one. Like, he would be, wouldn't he? Yeah, and sacked, so might Leonard s- Williams in a lot of them. Yeah, you've sacked both of, both of them off uh, from our uh, AFC All East team. Uh, you're an absolute disgrace. Josh Hunter on Twitter, no relation. Uh, he says, with Brady out for four games and Fitz Magic... Oh, I've got to find the thing. Just a sec. Da, da, da. That's live faffing. Ho, 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 it's magic. Signed up. Can he and my Jets finally win the East from the Patriots? Um, I don't want to fall into the trap that I did last year of thinking this is going to be a really tight division and then it doesn't turn out to be. But, yeah, I mean, they've got a chance. The Brady suspension opens the door for everybody, I think, and the Jets would be the, be the team that you'd look to as the most likely to go through the door. Um, so, yeah, they've got a chance, but I, I like Garoppolo. I think he probably wins two or maybe three games. Um, I wouldn't be overly surprised if he won four, to be honest. Um, so, I, I think it's And then loses his job. <laughs> yeah, and, and and then, I mean, I I just think the Patriots, the whole team is just completely loaded this year, and I know I'm a fan, but I think they're the best team in the NFL by by a little way to be honest and and I think they were last season and if they can stay injury free I think it's a really tough ask for anybody but I think the Jets are in the wild card mix again if not so it could be playoffs either way for the Jets It's uh, Arizona first game up uh, Monday uh, Sunday night football they've got a new Sunday uh, theme from Carrie Underwood it's, I hope it's it's got to be better than the last one uh, Arizona Cardinals first and then I don't know in which order but You've got your three divisional rivals back at Foxborough. The scheduling gods have been rather kind in uh, on Garoppolo and in Brady's abs- absence, haven't they? Yeah, they've got um, they've got the Texans, the Bills, oh, okay, and Texans, the Dolphins. Yeah. I think in in that run, um, and yeah, they're all at home, which is which is obviously good for a young quarterback. That'll be a a baptism of fire on the Sunday night, but that should be a good game as well because. There'll be some happy memories for the Patriots players that won the Super Bowl there, but it's just that's 
if if I was making my debut, that's the kind of stage you want to make it on because no one's really given them a chance to win that game. And if if Garoppolo can go there and get the win, then it'll it'll be a big statement. Well, exactly. And then with those three games at home, the Browns, as we've discussed already, away could be starting the the season five and zero. Oh. Uh, let's move on. Nick Boyd, would the AFC team? Uh, our all AFC team be playing with deflated balls as well. We'll skip skip over that one. And what else have we got here? Oh, someone else asks uh, Tom Knight again. Uh, will they all of these teams uh, be up on the website so that they can compare and contrast? Uh, I don't know. Um, that's one for the website Boffins. Well, I don't know what that means. So you know, we've just picked our all AFC East team. Yeah, we can stick that on the website. Yeah. Well, and then with all the other ones, people can then look at, you know, Gridiron, the Gridiron podcast, all all something team. Well, I think that would yeah. be good. We're having a we're having a production meeting live. <laughs> that's it for now. That's uh, that's it for everything. Thank you very much uh, for listening, guys. Thank you very much, Matthew Sherry, for joining me. Um, maybe we'll, I'll get you back next week if Paolo's not about. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back next week, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be second fiddle to, to the great Bandini. Maybe, maybe we'll fair. do a triple threat. Do Why it? don't we do a triple threat? Three way. Let's three-way yeah, it. Let's do it. Let's do a three-way. Uh, is it at Paolo Bandini or at Paolo underscore Bandini? Anyway, find at Paolo Bandini on Twitter. Text, tweet him and uh, get him to come on the show because uh, he, I don't know why he doesn't like replying to me no he does like replying to me he does reply to me I hope. is he ignoring you? no I don't know he's not ignoring me he's not ignoring Paolo Bandini whenever I see him because he comes in to talk sport to do the European football show with Nat Coombs quite a lot we always have a big hug and you know Paolo's a big guy so it's no. weird um, it's like uh, a small man child hugging his dad who's younger than him it's weird it's really weird. Anyway, I don't know whether Paolo is younger than me. This is Ramblings. Anyway, uh, this has been the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. Uh, catch us up, uh, text and uh, tweet us, sorry, on Twitter at Gridiron. Uh, Matt Sherry, what's your Gridiron, uh, what's your Twitter account? It's at M Sherry NFL. I've changed it from M Sherry Gridiron because I'm going to be doing some other NFL stuff this year as well. Oh, really nice. Okay, yeah, good, good stuff. I'm at Ollie Hunter if you want to tell me how bad I've been Uh, this has been the Gridiron Show thank you very much for listening Hazel Irvin here at Spencer Park in Coventry where 37 year old Emily and her mates are taking part in a fancy dress fun run to fundraise for sport relief and that means I've been lumbered with her dog Tilly oh Tilly not over there and they're off an impressive array of costumes on show today, everything from penguins to pirates, all taking on poverty and injustice. Respect. Spectacular. Poverty getting crushed by Katie on a space hopper. Easy. Coming into the final stretch now, and it's neck and neck. I think we're in for a photo finish here. But it's Suzanne smashing through injustice. She is a winner. Hey, Tilly, get off my tutu. Tilly, Sit. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sport Relief merchandise at Janeiro Sainsbury's. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast.